Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Thank you for attending WeChat's Q2 2020 Financial Results webcast. On today's webcast will be Mr. Mark Foote, WeChat's President and Chief Executive Officer, and Mr. Stuart Ogg, Chief Financial Officer. Please be advised that this webcast is being recorded. Please note that this webcast contains forward-looking statements. Actual future results may differ from expected results. I will now turn the call over to Mr. Mark Foote, Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, and good afternoon, everyone, and thanks for joining us on our second quarter call today. This afternoon, we'll be following a webcast, which includes a summary presentation of WageAx's second quarter financial results. Presentation can be found on our website under Investor Relations, Events, and Presentations. I'll provide you with a general update, and then we'll turn the call over to Stu for comments on backlog inventory cash and the balance sheet. And to begin with, I'd like to draw your attention to our cautionary statement regarding forward-looking information on slide two. Additionally, non-GAAP and additional GAAP measures are summarized on slides 16 through 24 for your reference. So if you'll turn to slide three. WageAx has consistently adhered to four objectives in response to the pandemic. First, to protect the health, safety, and well-being of our employees. Second, to continue to provide strong service to our customers. Third, to protect the financial health of the company. And finally, positioning ourselves to refocus on growing the company as conditions improve. Our decisions in the second quarter and going forward will be made according to these objectives. And a summary of our actions is included in the MDNA and news release issued on August 6, 2020. On behalf of the management team and the board of directors, I would like to thank our employees for their dedication, commitment, and flexibility during this difficult period. The entire team continued to do an excellent job in the second quarter, including adhering to enhanced safety protocols and demonstrating their commitment to serving our customers every single day. The team's efforts resulted in improved customer service scores in the quarter, and it was instrumental in the sequential reductions in inventory and leverage and generating positive cash flow. You turn to slide four. Revenue of $356.9 million was down 13% in the quarter. Volumes in April and May were comparable, and both months were down significantly on a year-over-year basis. Volume in June was uh, up year-over-year due to two large mining shovels totaling approximately $29 million that are being delivered earlier than planned. Excluding the mining shovels, June sales were down mid-single digits, which is an improvement from April and May. EBIT of $20 million was down uh, 5% in the quarter. In addition to the revenue decline, actions taken to accelerate the reduction of aged and used equipment resulted in a decline in gross profit rate. WageX received the benefit of the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy Program, which we will address in just a moment. <clears throat> Excuse me. Adjusted net earnings of $0.48 cents was down 24% in the quarter, 
higher year-over-year finance costs negatively affected net earnings due to uh, lease liabilities primarily. And the year-to-date TRIP rate of 1.26 is 11% better year-over-year. We are very proud of the team, very, very proud that the team has reduced the number of injuries 14% and has implemented a wide range of enhanced safety protocols in order to improve safety during the pandemic, which has benefited our team, our customers, and our business partners. Turning to slide five. This slide provides information on two factors that affected results in the quarter, notably the Canadian emergency wage subsidy and the gross profit rate. WageX qualified for the wage subsidy for a portion of the second quarter. The amount received was $15.5 million, which was allocated to cost of sales and SG&A in proportion to related personnel costs that are allocated to those areas. Expected receipt of the subsidy was apparent early enough in the quarter to allow the company to minimize, to the extent possible, the negative effect of current market conditions on employees, including the avoidance of significant additional temporary and permanent layoffs and a partial recall of employees placed on layoff or reduced hours earlier in the quarter. Excluding the effect of the wage subsidy, gross profit rate of 14.9% declined 4.3% year-over-year. The primary factor in the decline, 3.4% specifically, related to an accelerated reduction in aged and used inventory and a higher mix of lower margin equipment sales. We expect margin pressure to continue in 2020, albeit at a less significant rate than was experienced in the second quarter. Excluding the effect of the wage subsidy, the SG&A rate to sales of 13.6% declined 30 basis points year-over-year based on an $8.4 million reduction in related costs. Given the reduction in revenue, we are pleased to report an increase in cost productivity, which includes lower personnel and discretionary costs, and voluntary salary and retainer reductions for management and the board of directors, respectively. Turning to slide six, revenue declined in all regions. Uh, Reductions are due to lower customer activity related to COVID-19, Uh, and noting additional commentary in a moment on Western Canada. Dealing specifically with regional sales in the quarter, Central Canada sales of 74 million declined 10%. Positively affecting sales in Central Canada was growth in material handling and engineered repair services that partially offset reductions in other categories. Excluding the effect of mining equipment sales in other regions, Central Canada was our strongest sales region in June in terms of year-over-year performance. Eastern Canada sales of 152 million declined 10%. Positively affecting sales in Eastern Canada was mining, construction, and ERS. And while ERS grew in the quarter, the implementation of physical distancing requirements in WageX's main ERS shops in Quebec curtailed production, limiting sales. Operational changes have allowed production to gradually increase while continuing to ensure employees are working safely. Western Canada sales of 131 million declined 17%. Positively affecting sales in Western Canada was the delivery of a large mining shovel, with offset, which offset the revenue decline in the mining category's product support volume, albeit at significantly lower margin. Material handling in ERS had increased sales in the West in the quarter. Lower customer activities in the oil sands has reduced equipment utilization, negatively affecting product support. 
Utilization has begun to show signs of improvement, but the company expects year-over-year declines in product support in the oil sands to continue through the third quarter. Please turn to slide seven. Sales by, by type of transaction is shown on this page. In addition to what is listed here, there are two additional points to consider. In product support, approximately 85% of the decline in sales relates to Western Canada, the vast majority of which is due to lower oil sands activity affecting mining and the engines and transmissions business in the parts and service category. In ERS, sales increases relate to the acquisition of North Point in 2020. The company remains very pleased with the performance of recent acquisitions of Group DeLome and North Point and, review, uh, and continues to review additional ERS acquisition opportunities for execution when market and balance sheet conditions are appropriate. Turning to slide eight. The slide summarizes our sales at a category level for the quarter and year to date. Noting that market conditions due to COVID-19 are broadly affecting our business, sales contribution from our targeted growth categories in the quarter was comparable to last year, given the acquisition of North Point. Construction sales uh, were per, uh, construction sales trend was primary was the pr construction category. The construction category was the primary focus of our aged and used equipment disposals in the second quarter, which benefited revenue and contributed to inventory reduction, including owned used equipment and aged consignment stock. I'll turn the call over to Stu. Thanks, Mark. Uh, please turn to slide nine for my comments on backlog. Our Q2 backlog decreased 41 million or 18% sequentially from the previous quarter and decreased 105.7 million or 36% on a year over year basis. The sequential decrease was driven primarily by mining shovel deliveries in Alberta and Quebec. <clears throat> the year over year decrease relates to lower orders in most categories, but most notably in mining, power generation, material handling, and forestry categories. Please turn to slide 10 for an update on our current inventory levels. Inventory including consignment decreased 51 million compared to Q1 2020 as a result of lower equipment inventory in the construction and forestry categories and lower parts inventory in the construction and industrial parts categories. Consignment in inventory decreased 21.9 million from the previous quarter. Inventory, including consignment, decreased 78.8 million compared to Q2 2019 as a result of lower consignment inventory, which decreased 76.2 million compared to Q2 2019 and consists primarily of construction excavators. As stated previously, we are adjusting our incoming inventory orders based on market conditions and are focused on reducing inventory levels. Please turn to slide 11, where I will provide an update on cash flow and leverage. <clears throat> uh, cash flow from operating activities in the current quarter have increased 50.7 million from Q1 2020, due primarily to an increase in cash generated from changes in non-cash operating working capital of 34.1 million, lower rental equipment additions, and higher net earnings. Our Q2 leverage ratio decreased compared to Q1 from 3.04 times to 2.82 times as the lower debt level associated with the decrease in working capital was partially offset by the lower trailing 12-month pro forma adjusted EBITDA. Our available credit capacity at the end of Q2 
was $174.8 million, which is sufficient to meet short-term normal course working capital and maintenance capital requirements in certain strategic initiatives. <clears throat> Please turn to slide 12, where I'll provide an update on financial position. We continue to focus on uh, working capital efficiency, which is a key component in managing our overall leverage targets. All actions aimed at lowering working capital are expected to increase RONA over time, which will have the additional benefit of lowering our working capital sales ratio and increasing inventory turns. The decline in inventory turns from Q2 2019 uh, and Q1 2020 are due to lower tra trailing 12-month average sales, despite the strong declines in average inventory levels. As previously disclosed, we continue to evaluate ways to unlock cash from the business and as such have completed a market value assessment of our own real estate holdings. Subsequent to the second quarter, we entered into a sale and leaseback transaction for one of our wholly owned properties for proceeds gross of transaction costs of $5.4 million. Further opportunities to sell redundant real estate as well as sale and leaseback opportunities have been identified. Proceeds from any real estate sales will be used primarily for debt repayment. The earnings impact from any sale and leaseback transactions is not expected to be material as gains are expected to approximately offset by incremental lease costs over the term of the lease. Finally, the board has approved our third quarter dividend of 25 cents per share payable on October 2, 2020 to shareholders of record on September 15, 2020. Please turn to slide 13, and at this point, I'll hand the call back to Mark to provide a brief update on our 2020 financial outlook and concluding remarks. Thanks, Stu. With respect to the outlook for the remainder of the year, uh, current business conditions related primarily to COVID-19 uh, concerns and uh, secondarily to weak resource markets in Western Canada continue to have a negative effect on the company's results during the second quarter. Volume declines in the first two months of the quarter improved in June, as we stated, and customer, as customer activity began to increase and revenue was positively affected by the early delivery of the two customers of the two mining shovels which the corporation had previously expected to deliver in the third quarter. <clears throat> While volumes have shown an improving trend, we continue to expect revenue to be lower year-over-year year in the third quarter. In response to difficult market conditions and consistent with the corporation's plans to reduce inventory, we've accelerated plans to dispose of aged and used equipment inventory in the second quarter, which combined with a higher mix of lower margin equipment sales had a negative effect on gross profit rate. While we expect to continue to take actions to reduce inventory to conditions appropriate levels, we do not expect the same degree of margin decline in subsequent quarters when compared to the second quarter. Our focus is to manage the business according to the four objectives we stated earlier, protecting the health and safety of our employees, providing strong service to our customers, protecting the financial health of the company, and positioning WageAx to execute its growth strategies as conditions improve. We expect to partially offset the effect of volume declines with cost reductions while managing customer service levels, working capital and capital spending accordingly. The corporation's current sources of liquidity are expected to be sufficient while preparing to return to growing the business and providing strong service to our customers as conditions improve. Operator will now turn the call open for questions. Thank you. To ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. 
To withdraw your question, please press the pound key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes on the line of Michael Zumet of Scotiabank. Your line is open. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hi, Michael. Hey, I, I was just wondering if you guys could provide maybe a little bit more clarity on the on the revenue cadence through Q2. I mean, Mark, you talked about an improvement in June. Um, maybe exiting out the sale of the two mining shovels. Can you comment on um, your, your June sales and how they compared to last year? And, and whether that momentum has been sustained or maybe even improved in July so far? Uh, the June numbers, if you exit the mining shovels, were down mid-single digits, which includes kind of a non-comp contribution from North Point. So if you looked on, on a pure apples-to-apples -apples basis to last year, um, a bit less than 10% decline in June uh, versus uh, more than twice that amount in, uh, in April and May on a percentage basis. Okay, that's um, perfect. And, and just in terms of um, early signs in July and whether you saw momentum? Uh, honestly, Michael, it's, it's a bit noisy. Kind of the day-to-day -day businesses appear to be tracking reasonably close to uh, what happened in June. There's <clears throat> a bunch of equipment deals which may or may not close in July, but um, July certainly wasn't uh, wasn't like April and May, so it's a bit closer to June, but we haven't really uh, completed the equipment sign-offs for the end of the month yet. Okay, great. Um, good color, thanks there. Um, and then maybe just turning to the actions to accelerate the disposal of um, aged and used equipment, um, maybe if you could just elaborate on that. I mean, was the catalyst there simply the weakening macro backdrop and um, any way you can quantify the disposal and, and how much is left to do? Uh, can you repeat the last statement you made, Michael? I, I, I got the, most of the question, but you made it drift it out just as you finished that uh, question. Um, no, for the second part, um, any way you can quantify the amount that you dispose and, and how much is left to do? Uh, well, I would say that um, I guess the reason we did it uh, was reasonably simple. I think the you know we're carrying some excess coming into this year uh, given a pretty tough equipment market that was occurring late last year. And I think when things went south at the beginning of the second quarter, you know, the end of March, we decided we really weren't willing to wait to uh, to start to getting the inventory levels down. So um, I don't think we, we certainly wouldn't have approached things the way we did had the market been been more normal um, in in March, but obviously that wasn't the case. Uh, the exact amount of inventory that, that could be left, I think if you look at our forecast for the end of the year, um, we're down uh, from where we are now and uh, and from where we ended last year, assuming that our sales forecasting hangs in there, which uh, hopefully it does. Um, so we've got uh, probably anywhere from 20 to 40 million in inventory to burn through in all categories. And a large, kind of the more painful pieces of construction are, are hopefully behind us now, though. Got it. Um, and, and then maybe if I could sneak one last one in, um, maybe a tough question to answer, but just given the variables, including your estimation of the wage subsidy going forward, um, you know, how should we think about SG&A and margin progression through the second half of the year as, as revenues ramp back up? Uh, on the SG&A side of things, um, you know, we have estimated what we think the SUS benefit is to us in the second half of this year, recognizing that's 
completely dependent on what happens with our revenue. It's, it's not nearly as material as it would have been in the second quarter. Um, so there are additional cost reduction activities, uh, actions that will be necessary for us uh, that we're working our way through in, in the third quarter. So on a percentage of sales basis, uh, you know, generally within the range where we've typically operated, recognizing that there's some additional cost reduction activity we're going to end up needing to take based on our sales outlook for the, for the second half of the year. As far as where the margin lands, um, we're, as we said, we, we don't expect it to perform like it did in the second quarter because some of the uh, actions we took there were, were some of the more significant uh, equipment impacts, um, but it is not expected to be as strong as our margins typically would be. Okay, great. I'll wrap it up there, guys. Thanks. Your next question comes from the line of Michael Trifon of TD Securities. Your line is open. Uh, thanks. Uh, just maybe picking up on that last uh, line of questioning regarding the uh, the SUS um, uh, impact in the quarter. I guess a bit of a, a theoretical question, but if you hadn't received that that uh, subsidy, Mark, do you think you would have been able to to reduce the costs um, in the second quarter by by a comparable amount and and essentially um, arrived at the same type of results you, you delivered in the quarter? Uh, I don't believe we would have taken cost reduction actions that would have gotten the full amount of the SUS payment, but I think it's it's reasonably safe to assume that we would have taken cost reduction actions that would have uh, been comparable to uh, the majority of that payment. I don't. We wouldn't have got all the way to the 15.5, but we would have uh, would have been north of 50% of that number. Okay, and and is that uh, sort of the inability to get all the way there? Was that partly a function of just the the timing and the speed with which you would have had to to put those actions in place, and that's just tough to do. Whereas if we look forward between whatever payments you do receive from the from the program. Plus, with your cost actions, you think you can, um, you know, you can offset a lot of uh, a, lo a lot of the downside uh, that, that would come from the revenue declines. Uh, I suspect we'll we'll offset a part of the effect of the revenue decline. I, I don't know if we'll offset all of it. Um, and the, I guess the reason we wouldn't have gotten to the full amount of the sues is. Uh, you know, a couple of things. I mean, first of all, managing through the second quarter was partially a function of not being entirely certain about how to predict, you know, the three or four months afterwards. And it's it's a service-oriented business, so the minute you start releasing people, it's going to negatively affect your service level. So we try to avoid that, if at all possible. Um, plus, if you think about it, the SUS payment is for um, is compensating for staff costs that may go, in fact, beyond the second quarter. So. I think getting into the getting into the back half of the year, uh, we'll we'll do what we need to do on the cost side of things in relation to a balance between where the revenue is going to be and where our customer service levels need to be, and um, uh, manage it uh, as aggressively as we can. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you. Um, appreciate the, uh, the the detail earlier regarding the improvements uh, in revenue in terms of the, the sequential progress through the quarter. Um, 
just a question around was that fairly uh, those improvements were they fairly balanced and and um, seen a kind of across the broader business or are they uh, were they more pronounced in certain areas uh, than, than others? Uh, Ontario and Atlantic Canada um, performed pretty well in the month of June and they were uh, I'd say relative to uh, Quebec and Western Canada they performed you know a bit better in, in April and May albeit they were they were also down considerably. Um, so Ontario and Atlantic Canada were were reasonably good, reasonably uh, reasonable bright spots in as the quarter was closing. Um, Quebec has uh, has picked up steam, uh, you know, still still down, but uh, we we had a lot of kind of we had lower mining activity in Quebec, which can hurt our business quite a bit, which uh, which has has caught itself back up uh, to a reasonable degree. And uh, the West obviously is is got the most pressure on it, um, and that's that's broadly across a number of things. So Atlantic Canada, Ontario, reasonably good stories. Quebec uh, improving fairly quickly, and we were pretty bullish on Quebec for the balance of the year, we think. And uh, the West is under a fair amount of pressure. It, it it started to ease up a bit, but I think we're expecting the West to continue to be a a soft spot for us for the balance of the year. Wajax's primary exposure in the West from an EBIT standpoint is really what happens with activity in the oil sands. We can withstand you know, sales reductions in a bunch of categories through cost reductions reasonably well, but we, you know, obviously our activities in the oil sands are pretty important to the company's profitability, and we think that may remain under a bit of pressure for uh, certainly for the third quarter anyway. Okay, thank you. Um, just lastly, uh, to, to follow up on some of the discussion earlier about the additional inventory disposals uh, that you hope to achieve, um, if we if we take those into account, plus you know any other variations or fluctuations from a working capital perspective, what is the the right way to be thinking about changes in non-cash working capital for the second half of the year? Uh, the expectation with 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 um, you know, no numbers is we should be overall cash flow positive in the second half of the year. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry, and, and um, just, just to clarify there, are you talking about um, strictly from a working capital perspective uh, positive, or are you talking about cash flow for the, the entire company from, from entire operation? Entire company. Entire company. Okay. Okay, that's all. Thank you. Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone. Your next question comes from David Dodge of BMO Capital Market. Your line is open. Hi, right, thank you. Hi, good morning. Uh, good afternoon, guys. Hi. Uh, look, your target range um, or lever your target leverage has been in that, you know, one and a half, two times range uh you know you've been above it for the last while but you've been able to kind of manage through it even through the uh at least to this point of the, the downturn here just you know i guess maybe two parts to this is that still the right target range or do we need to recalibrate what we think is the right amount of leverage for wajax and you know maybe part two would be you know if it is still that one and a half to two times how should we be thinking about the timing for when you could get you know back into that range yeah, we changed our disclosure on leverage, which we may or may not communicated very well uh, as we closed last year. 
because our debt obviously is carrying uh, roughly $70 million in acquisition capital for DeLome and for North Point. Now, the cash flow out of DeLome has helped pay that down a wee bit, but, you know, without without trying to reconcile it back, we, we've, you know, our, our current debt levels include $70 million bucks worth of acquisition capital, so it's inflated by that, and that is not necessarily a reflection of kind of our day-to-day capital needs. So when we changed our, uh, our leverage narrative uh, towards the end of last year, we tried to separate for people that the one and a half to two times relates to our day-to-day working capital and kind of sustaining capital requirements, and that we're prepared to run above that to the extent that there's a change in economic cycles, or in fact, if there's acquisition capital that uh, that is reasonably new. So, I think uh, we're pretty comfortable that the one and a half to two times is in fact a pretty good range to be in from a a normal course working capital requirements basis, but it is it is certainly not uh, adequate when you're considering the acquisition capital that we spent. So we'll go back and kind of check that narrative a little bit, but one and a half to two times we think is a good range for normal course requirements, and um, we've just put into the debt um, stack the uh, the acquisition capital for Deloma North Point. Okay. Okay. That's helpful. Um, maybe just, you know, switching gears, you know, can you remind us how many uh, mining shovels are in the backlog right now and when they're expected to be delivered? And just wondering if you're, what you're seeing in terms of opportunities in the mining space right now. I mean, clearly gold miners are doing well. Just wondering if there's, this is translating into any or many opportunities uh, for Wajax. Yeah, I believe there's two large shovels left in backlog. One delivers in December of this year, um, assuming it hits its schedule, which it appears that it will. And there's one in there for next year, which was originally scheduled for this year that was pushed to 2021. They're both going to Western Canada. Um, There are in inventory, uh, I believe, um, six or seven shovels of a smaller nature, um, which, you know, there are some mining opportunities out there right now. Um, so hopefully we can move some of those shovels through. We've assumed none of those go through this year, but uh, there are some some opportunities starting to, uh, sh- to show up uh, on the heavy equipment side for the mining business, and uh, we're working as, as hard as we can to kind of capture that for ourselves. Okay, that's great. Um, and maybe just one last one. The, uh, the ERP system, um, can you give an update? Just an update on where this project stands right now. Yeah, um, so we're, we're we're sort of in a holding pattern right now, um, just continuing to refine it. The uh, we were going to start the uh, the rollout earlier this year. Uh, the biggest issue is is arguably travel and in-person training. So uh, we we put it on hold uh, at least for the balance of the year. Okay, makes sense. All right, I'll turn it over. Thank you. There are no further questions at this time. I turn the call back over to the presenter. Okay, well that's it for us today. So thank you very much for uh, for joining the call, and we'll speak to you again in uh, in November for the third quarter. And this concludes today's webcast. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.
Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.